Welcome one, welcome all to the M60 Podcast. I am your host, John Waltz. We are recording here in the Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. We have not gone on full lockdown yet. However, there are rumors that it may be coming down the pike here soon. And even since the last time I did some recording for this podcast about a week ago, between then and now, a lot has changed. I have gone from being working in an office in the heart of downtown Nashville to now I am working from home. That has taken a bit of an adjustment on my part, but I am very thankful uh, to my employer that I do have the option to work from home and that they have made that setup possible so that I can still bring in an income. Wherever you are, whatever situation you're facing with this uh, global incident, I hope that you are adjusting well and that your spirits are that you're still in good spirits. Don't lose your sense of humor through all this. Uh, that's one thing that'll definitely keep you sane. It's one way that you can kind of keep calm when everyone else is is uh, is not is losing their mind. I know that. Uh, a lot of people are working from home now, and this may be a huge change to the U.S. economy going forward. If if production or stays the same, it, it might just be easier just to let people relax and be in a familiar environment at home. I, I know one thing I'm not missing is the uh, is the commute every day. I had a I had a pretty difficult commute from the part of town that I live in into uh, into downtown. I know others have a more difficult commute considering that they they do work in downtown but going home every night sometimes it would take me an hour and a half to go 10 miles so it, it was uh got to be pretty uh pretty mentally grating on me during some days but uh like i said i just hope that uh, that you're doing well your spirits are up whether you are either practicing social distancing or you are in fact in full-on quarantine just remember this too shall pass. We've been, I haven't been through anything quite like this in my lifetime, but I saw a, a funny, well, not a funny, but a poignant meme here recently. It was a, a statement that our grandparents were asked to go to war. They were asked to storm the beaches of Normandy. They were asked to fight at Midway in Iwo Jima. And all we're really asked to, to be doing right now is to limit our trips outside, limit our trips to crowded places and, you know, sit on our butts and watch Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever your video platform of choice is. And I will say that we, we can get through this. I, I know things seem pretty pretty strange and pretty dire right now. I've seen some headlines that predict a pretty wide swath of job loss and uh, a pretty wide swath of uh, of health concerns going through this, but we just have to, to keep our head up and keep going, and I do pray that this crisis will end sooner rather than later so that people who have been laid off and, and people who have lost their jobs as a result of this can get back to work sooner because, especially here in Nashville, so much of Nashville is based on the service industry, whether you are a musician, you are a server at a restaurant or bar, you work in the hotel industry, all all these industries have, have been affected, not just in Nashville, but nationwide, and it's really hard to it's it's really hard to see someone lose their livelihood over something that they virtually had no control over. And I have my own opinions about the outbreak and how it's been handled across the world and that's neither this is neither the time or place for that because this is meant to be 
a restorative and redemptive show where we learn how to be better men, where we learn how to be better equipped to lead society and to just be servants in society and make the Western world better as a part of finding our masculine heart again, which is something that I want to transition to here next uh, really, really quickly. And it's kind of meant to be the, uh, the meat of the opening segment. So this show, it's only three episodes old. And I guess I was part of this is, is my is part of this is, is my own naivete of doing something like this. I when when the first three episodes kind of went rather smoothly, um, relatively speaking, I thought, well, this might not be as difficult or it might not be as you know, as rocky to start with as I thought. Everybody likes to talk about themselves, I guess. I was kind of worried that I was going to have trouble finding guests and people who wanted to be on and to, to help and participate in in the show. And I'm at this point right now, because it's in its infancy, I'm, I'm doing all this on my own. So I had a guest turn me down recently uh, to, to be on the show. And just know that if you are out there listening, and, and I do invite you to be a guest on the show, uh, it's because I respect you, I think you have something to say that can help men, and I think that uh, you would be an excellent contributor to to the show. Now, I don't know if I crystallized this in my first episode, in the opening segment, and then the, the solo segment, but I'm going to circle back to it and touch on it a little, a little bit more. The main reason that uh, this person decided against being a guest on the show was because they didn't want to be uh, associated with the quote-unquote manosphere or the uh, the men's movement online and he did some research on it which was which was fair you know uh, which is fair I, I would encourage you that if you think you are going to be a part of something that that you would do some research on it and you listen to the open opening segment of the first show and I guess in that first segment, I didn't get qu- quite get across of what this show was meant to be about. So I'm I'm going to attempt to clear the air on on this, and I hope that uh, that I do crystallize my thoughts and my goals for the show, and that uh, that there's better understanding of it going forward. So I want to say first and foremost, first and foremost. This is not a Red Pill, Manosphere, MGTOW, Men's Rights Movement podcast at all. This is not meant to be that. Now, through some of these creators, some of these creators actually inspired me to, uh, to, to, begin, to begin recording this show. And I'll tell you why. Because they're, some of them do have some vital information. They're one of the overall messages of one of the content creators out there that I do follow is that you need to do the work and you need to to improve your own life and not make various things the focus of your life. I think that is a great message to have, to focus on the areas that you're lacking, to focus on the areas where you do need improvement, and working your way towards being better in those areas, whether it's career, whether it is in your in your marriage or your relationships, or how how dating works in in this day and age, which we'll probably get into that in a in a later show. But a lot of these content creators out there, especially with MGTOW, men going their own way, I can I can understand why they feel that way, but I also know that. You are not a victim. You are not a victim. While there is some valuable information that comes out of this sphere of the internet and of YouTube and whatever alt tech platforms they are uploading to, overall it can encourage a victim mentality. 
and it's easy to to dive in into that content and to be to watch that content and because it reinforces your own feelings anything that reinforces your your negative mentality that reinforces your victim mentality you're going to consume a lot more of and you're going to identify with a lot more there's something my dad told me a long time ago when he and I were talking about the types of music that I was listening to at the time and he said I, I, I said to him well dad the reason that I listen to this so often is because it it's one of the ways that I try to express my anger. And he says, well, you're not really expressing anything when you listen to this. It's reinforcing why you're angry. It's reinforcing why you feel this way. And that was an eye-opener for me. And that not only with music choices, but your your choices of where you get your news, the choices of where you get your, your information, humans tend to go down the path of least resistance. We don't like hearing things that challenge us. We don't like hearing things that that rub us the wrong way. We don't like hearing the other side. We we stick to what reinforces us on their own on our own side and that's something that that's one of the reasons that I think that the country seems so divided in this day and age. But this show is not is not part of that movement. It is not meant to be part of that movement. It's meant to be a restorative and guiding and redemptive show for men to become better fathers, brothers, sons, employees, employers, leaders, followers, just to be a better and stronger cast in society. And I think we, we all can agree that there is a crisis unfolding in front of our eyes in the age of social media. There is a crisis of a lack of true masculinity, especially in the Western world. We are, what what this show is meant to do is explore those challenges that men face today. It's meant to, it's meant to dive into those issues. We don't need, we don't need men out there twerking in the streets we need men that are that are stepping in and engaging their wives. We need men out there that are engaging their friends. We need men out there who are helping each other grow. As the, the, the Bible says in, in Proverbs, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Well, through this podcast, I want to be that friend that sharpens you. Through this podcast, I want to be that, that iron that sharpens your iron. I want to be the one, be one of the, the people that, that challenges you to, to grow, that challenges you to become a better version of yourself. Now, I, I ask the same opening question to each guest. That is my goal for every interview and every guest that I have on the show. What does it mean to be a man in the 21st century? There's going to be different answers to that. Okay? There are this this is one of the reasons that I'm doing the show is because we've got to explore what it really means to be a man in the 21st century. It's not the same answer that it was 20 years ago. It's not the same answer that it was 30 years ago. It's through the age of social media and through more connectedness and the ever the the ever progression of how the world is becoming more immoral and amoral is is presents more aspects that are challenging to men. It presents more reasons that we need strong and engaged men out there. We need more true masculinity. We need more men with good hearts, restored hearts. We need more whole-hearted men out there. We need, uh, we need less victim mentalities out there, not more. That's what this podcast is meant to do. It's meant to help you restore your heart, restore your masculine soul, and grow as a man so that you can lead people into the next generation and so that the, so that the next generation doesn't become, doesn't become more amoral and, and immoral and, and godless. It's meant to, to harbor that next generation into, become, into restoring a true masculine strength that the world is so desperately needing out there 
because the more that we see this villainization of, of masculinity, the more that we see this downward spiral of of our society and gender roles, the the, the worse it's going to get. So this is my own attempt to bring strong, restorative men back into the world. And there's not a lot of messages out there like that. I'm trying to follow the, the model that, that John Eldridge lays out in Wild at the Heart. Someday, in true transparency, I would love to have that man on my show and just sit down and dedicate any amount of time that he could give to me. But right now, the show is in its infancy. And... I don't have access to bigger guests like that. So I've rambled on a little bit here in the opening segment, but I just want to crystallize my thoughts so that this is not a podcast that is going to identify or be part of the MGTOW or the men's, move, men's online movement where it's just angry people yelling into a camera or an angry white guys yelling into a microphone. Listen to my interview with Mike in episode one. We talk about this, Okay. Listen to more than just the first half of the podcast, okay? And if I do invite you on as a guest, just know that I respect you and that I know you have something to say and that I I look up to you as a man. Just know that. So coming up next, we're going to talk a little bit about adventure and the role that it plays in a man's life and the type of adventures that we need to seek out. And I'm going to have a special guest on, I'm hoping to have on... My good friend, uh, Mr. Kevin Eeks, he is someone I've known for almost 10 years. Uh, married, has two uh, great young kids, and uh, he is someone that I do look up to as a, as a man. So stay tuned. Uh, sit through this next advertisement. We'll be right back. This is the M60 Podcast. Hey, just want to let you know that if you want to interact with the show and provide potential topics for me to cover during the show, you can interact with me on social media via Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, TikTok, Switch, Snapchat, however you like to use social media, or you can email me at m60podcast at gmail.com. That's the letter M, the number 60, podcast at gmail.com, and just put in the subject line, article, or potential show suggestion and I will review it accordingly. Welcome back to the M60 Podcast. I am your host, John Waltz, recording in a kind of cloudy and dreary Nashville at the moment. I wanted to give a thank you to my previous guests, before I dive into the meat segment or the solo segment of this week. My first episode's guest was uh, Mr. Mike McDowell. He is a great friend of mine that I have known for about 15 years. He is a sales leader, husband, father in the Nashville area. He had some great talking points on living and growing as a man in this day and age. Episode 2's guest was Mr. Stephen Headley. He is the lead pastor at Music City Church. A lot of great talking points in his interview about what it means to be a man and how to grow and improve and just seek and find help in your own life. If you want to hear more from him, go to the Music City Church website or download the Music City Church app to hear more sermons and messages from him. Episode 3's guest, my good friend Dylan Valenzuela, the director and program manager at Ahwatukee Weight Loss in Phoenix, Arizona. A lot of great talking points from him on health and wellness, and especially how that relates to men in this day and age. So I just want to give a huge thank you to those guys and call you to, uh, or ask you to go back and listen to those interviews and That'll provide some really great uh, talking points and really great information to go forward on. So I'm going to transition to this. This episode, the theme I want to talk about is adventure. The types of adventure that men have in their lives, the type of adventure that men need in their lives. That's one of the things that's kind of killing us as men and killing us as a 
society as a whole is that there aren't a lot of, at least on the surface, there aren't a lot of great adventures left in the world today. And what I mean by that is we can sit on our couch and dive into any type of adventure that we want, whether it's through streaming a movie on Netflix or playing a a video game, and we can become really, really engrossed in that and think that that can be a, a sufficient type of adventure. Or a lot of guys are here on the earth that they're not really sure what type of calling or passion or adventure they want to pursue. They just think they're here to, to kill time and, and then that's it. So what I want to talk about is uh, borrow some material from, once again, borrow some material from uh, John Eldridge and from Bart Miller of Ransomed Heart Ministries. Uh, about a month and a half ago, I was on a retreat that Ransomed Heart ran, and this was one of the main topics and sessions that we talked about. And it really spoke to me, especially Bart's story. Someday I would like to get Bart on the podcast to talk to him a little bit about his experience and especially go over the uh, the story that uh, he went through in the, the talk. It was actually quite, uh, quite entertaining. Um, but there are... Certain types of adventure that that men have that we have in our lives. One is casual adventure. That's uh, maintenance. That that's maintenance of our heart. That falls into the categories of our hobbies. Uh, that's what what Ken Coleman call, on the Ken Coleman show calls hobby level passion. So a lot of times when you think, well, what what do you like to do? What are you passionate about? Well, one of the first things that comes to mind is that I love the game of ice hockey particularly the north american game and so that but that's more of a hobby level thing Uh, a lot of guys love to play golf but that's a hobby level passion reading things like that that it it provides maintenance to to our soul in the sense that uh, we they they bring us joy and they can be kind of uh hopefully a healthy escape for us. The next is a crucial adventure. There's more risk involved in crucial adventure. There's higher stakes. That would be something like, you know, changing jobs or joining the military and uh, facing an, an unexpected event. Uh, the next type of adventure uh, is epic adventure, where is uh, it's the poetic composition around heroic achievement where love is the core of the story love is the motive where we take the the greatest risks uh epic adventure would be i would say i would wager to say epic adventure would be uh diving into your your marriage diving into your relationships and really cultivating those and just being an overall servant and being an, being a leader, being someone who can really really engaged in the uh, in the lives of others. So one of the uh, the questions that that Bart challenged the audience with when he, when he brought this up was, uh, are you walking with God into adventure? Or are you walking with yourself? Or are you walking with your buddies? what what type of uh, a motive is are you engaging in these adventures so i for me personally a lot of the adventures that that i've been on and that i've engaged myself in they they have been kind of um so, um not selfish but um i've been they've revolved a little bit more around myself um I wasn't happy in Phoenix a few years ago, and so I decided to make the move back to Nashville and try and restart my life from there. That was a lot of a lot of that was self motivated. Um, the The message that I, I talked about in the earlier segment, but becoming a better version of yourself, that needs a little bit more definition. What What do you define as as being better? Does that mean being healthier? Does that mean being 
someone who's more engaged with the the lives of others does that mean or does that mean having more money having more possessions having more material things so we need to do some delineation of that but as far as relentlessly pursuing something that's that's material that you think is going to is going to make you happier using that as justification to quote unquote being a better version of yourself that's that's definitely toxic that's definitely a message of of the self whereas i would say when you're become when you're looking at the metrics of becoming a better version of yourself how are you engaging in your your church and your or in your spiritual walk or engaging in your in your career so that you can find some type of work that has meaning so you, that you can find some type of rewarding uh, motivation to 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 do things to to live to live life through not just having a as i'm i have the window actually and the, my blinds open in my in my room where i'm recording this and i'm looking out on the parking lot and being that i've been working from home the last uh, last week i've been looking out the window into the parking lot out in front of my uh, my building and uh, there are quite a few muscle cars in the parking lot. I, I am one person that I have always wanted to have a uh, a Chevy Camaro. I just think the car looks great, and that's about all that I really know about it. I'm not a particular car guy, but uh, you know, to to have a car like that, free and clear, um, that would that's something that I've always wanted. But that's a material thing. So does that really make me? A better son does that make me better in my spiritual walk does that make me better as i'm recording this and trying to to touch and engage the lives of other men well no not necessarily probably well most likely not so we need to delineate that we need to the the, the part of yourself that that's given over to god that's given over to a calling is the part of ourselves that we need to work on and that we need to make we need to make better versions of ourselves the the focus of our of our adventures and as we're looking to adventure in our lives looking forward to adventure in our lives it needs the god and the trinity and the engaging in the lives of of others that we're close to that needs to be the the soul the, the focus of this type of adventure so when you look back at your life this is another thing that, that bart talked about when you look back at your life how how do you remember those adventures that you that you were on do you remember them as as being stupid do you remember them as being epic do you remember them as you know, do you, how how do you remember those? He talked about a practice of redemptive remembering that will help you shape your future. I unfortunately, when I do look back at my life, I I do see some regrets and mistakes there. But this this is something that I really do need to to start practicing is that redemptive remembering. And one of the things that we talked a little bit about. Uh, epic adventure but epic adventure the love is love has to be the core of that story love has to be the motive and, and that's when we take that's when we take the greatest risks that is when we when we are witnessing witnessing someone in in our lives about the the love of God and how God can initiate and, and father us and when we when we're either talking to a co-worker about it a good friend about it or our family about that when when love is the motive behind I've, I've been toying with the idea of moving back closer to family and I I think love of my family is is the central part of that that's but that's also taking a, a great risk and making a making an adjustment so where can where can you find epic adventure in your life praying i wrote down in my notes praying more about about moving to kansas about and and talking to uh 
a coworker of mine about the type of material that um, that I've been exposed to in the last last few months. Um, putting more effort into this show and keeping with an, an encouraging and uplifting theme, and I I feel like those are the this the motivation of the show I'll, I'll say it again is to be a restorative and redemptive podcast to to help men heal and grow in the 21st century and, and just weed out that victim mentality that that a lot of men face in in the world today and so I've gone on and I've talked a little bit about adventure this is definitely a topic that I want to dedicate a little bit more time to the opening segment ran a little long, so I'm going to cut this one a, a little shorter than I normally would. But I just want to reiterate that as you have this time to uh, yourselves, as you have this time to, whether you're in social, practicing social distancing, whether you are uh, in full-on quarantine, I just want to, I just want to challenge you, and I just want to talk to you about really pray and think about those epic types of adventure that so that when all this is lifted and you can you can act on those adventures where love is the central point the central motive of those adventures that that you can that you can do that full force and maybe you are in quarantine maybe you are uh, with your family a lot more this would be a great time to Use love as that motive to engage with your wife and and learn more about learn more about your wife and and engage with your kids and really show them how how much you love them and how much the they mean to you and really really pour into them with with love as the central theme. I think that'll produce one of the most epic and greatest adventures that that you can be a part of as as a man. So coming up next, I will be interviewing my good friend Kevin Eeks. As I said before, he is a professional husband and he is a professional and a husband and a father here in the Nashville area. A good man that I've known for several years here. We're going to talk about all that. We're going to talk a little bit about adventure, about fatherhood, about being a husband, and we'll cover a lot of great topics with him here. That's coming up next on the M60 Podcast. Stick with us. Hey folks, just wanted to let you know that all books and materials that are referenced during each episode of the M60 Podcast will be available via links in the show notes and show descriptions. Also, if you visit my Amazon page, you will see a recommended reading list to help you grow in your own masculine journey. Welcome back to the M60 Podcast. I am your host, John Walton. My guest with me this week is a uh, great friend of mine I've known for a little over 10 years. He is a graduate of Tennessee Tech University. Is that right, Kevin? That is correct. Okay. Graduate of uh, the illustrious Tennessee Tech University. He is a, a husband and father and he has a tattoo of the state flag of Tennessee on his bicep. How can you get any more manly than that? Uh, joining me at this time is my good friend, Mr. Kevin Eeks. Kevin, uh, thanks for taking the time to do this for me. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you having me on, John. Awesome. Yeah, well, the uh, first question, um, and this is a, the question that uh, that I lead off with and that I asked every, every guest on the, on the podcast, um, the overarching theme that I'm trying to explore with this podcast and with this show is exploring the idea of what does it mean to be a man in the 21st century. So, if um, say so, you know you were in uh, a small group discussion or you were just you know having coffee with a friend and and that topic kind of came up to you and and someone posed that question to you, how would you answer that? Uh, I mean, you know, I guess I guess when I think about uh 
you know, just being a man in general, it's just, just looking at, you know, is that, is that person reflecting like a godly masculinity? You know, you don't, you don't want the, the meathead kind of guy necessarily when you, when you're thinking of masculinity and, and, and what it means to be a man. I mean, I'm, I always think back to, you know, when you, when, you, you know, as, as a Christian, you know, the, Jesus is our, is our example. Um, he was as manly as it gets, but he was serving people and he was looking out for people that, that didn't have what they needed. And, you know, so my, I guess for me, it's, it's really just is, is, is that man looking out for, for other people? Is he helping where he can? Is he, you know, defending people that can't defend themselves? Um, you know, there was, there were times that, that Jesus got mad. He was flipping tables. So, just you know there it's it's not a bad thing if if you see a person getting mad you know masculinity gets a, a bad rap these days but i think it's it's because most people when they think of of math of being a man and masculinity it's it's not necessarily the godly the godly way of it um you know as i think as long as as somebody is is focused on being a man in, in the right way then the you know, it's a good thing to be masculine. You know, you're going to have some competitiveness and some drive to 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 work hard and to to do some cool things. Um, that you know, like I said, it gets a bad rap, but it's it's not necessarily bad. You know, it's a you're, you're looking for somebody that's that's really um, when they're when they're showing their masculine side, it's it's to defend or protect others more than it is to just, you know, show how big and strong they are. I guess that's kind of my thought on it. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, one of the things that came to mind too, as you were, you were talking about that is uh, just being kind of that uh, servant leadership was one thing that came to mind um, being, bringing forth that power of masculinity that uh, manifests when, like you said, when you are taking care of someone or you are being a protector or you're being a provider. Uh, I think that's, um, that's definitely the true, the, the true ma definition of masculinity that we, we want to strive for. Um, so moving on to the, uh, to the next question here. Um, we, we've all heard statistics about how uh, difficult that marriage can be in this day and age. And, and you've been married, um, is it, uh, 12 years now, almost 12 years. It will be 12 years in July. Okay. Yeah. Almost. And, and you, you do have a, a very strong marriage with, with your wife. So what would you, what would you say makes for a, a strong and, and healthy and vibrant marriage? Uh, you know, no one has ever said marriage is easy. It's it's tough, um, but I think the the thing that has been the driving factor in our marriage is, you know, we we are one hundred percent committed to each other. Like, you know, we're not going to get mad and leave, or we're not going to go find somebody else. Or the you know, that's so many marriages that end in divorce. They just take the easy way out, and and I think the the big thing in our marriage is just knowing that. You know, there's going to be times that each of us have times where we're not being the best spouse necessarily. We're going to have issues. We're going to have normal problems. We're going to have, issue, you know, life problems, whether it be money or work or or whatever. But we know the other person is, is in it for the long haul. And, you know, we, we support each other just in general. Like, you know, when I've when I have times that I'm working on a deadline and I'm I'm working really late day in and day out and I can't help her with our kids. She understands that and she takes takes up the her, you know, what I would normally do and and on that side, which she does most of that anyway, but you know, she takes that or if if, you know, she decided recently at, at Christmas she got an opportunity to work at a to work at the boys' school two days a week and she's been a stay at home mom and, you know, I've supported her in that and I've tried to help on days that I know she's got to go to school like i try to get up and help with the boys and so basically just you know mainly just support each other and just know that that no matter what happens it's it's gonna be us till death do us part you know we meant that when we said that that commitment you know you know a lot of you see a lot of people now that first sign of trouble they find somebody else or they split and it's just you know knowing that that's not going to happen i think really really strengthens your marriage 
So what do you uh, attribute that to uh, in in other marriages where they they take the easy way out? Is there something maybe that that's a, a common theme or a common thread in there that maybe you could you uh, would point to? Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, everybody's going to have have tough times and, and some people are better at dealing with that than others. Um, I think it's really a, a big portion of it is, is who you lean to when you get into tough times. You know, if you, if, if you're a man and, and you're hitting some rough times in your marriage or you're hitting some rough times with work, you don't want to go trying to find comfort or conversation with a, a female coworker or, you know, you know, you want to find a good friend of yours and be like, man, I've, I've I've had a crappy day, you know, <laughs> things are not going well, you know, um, you know, you, you get a lot of people that just, I think they either just get married for wrong reasons or, or they don't have the, the biblical take on marriage that it's one and done like this is it until, you know, until one of us is gone, this is, there are no other options. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I I think in in today's in today's world with just the instant gratification that uh, that you see and coming up from the generation behind us, I, I don't necessarily consider guys in our generation the millennial generation. Although we're kind of on the the very very front end of it, but we there's a little bit of overlap between. Uh, um, Generation X and, and our and our generation, but the the generation following us, um, I, I do see and kind of observe that that limited attention span in, in a lot of things, and you see that on social media, and you see that through uh, this just blitz of dating apps that you can get on and have instant romantic gratification at your fingertips, and I, I think that's one of the things, at least coming from from my observation, um, that. Is leading to a lot of a marriages not even occurring. I think the the rate of marriage in the Western world is is uh, pretty low, and, and birth rates are are pretty low. But um, I, what? How would you um, how would you guard against against that? Uh, I know you talked you talked about a, a little bit in your uh, in your previous answer, but um, give us a little more insight as far as. Um, delaying gratification in that way or just even even across the board not necessarily with uh, romantic relationships but just in any other aspect of your life uh, I mean you know I think if you look if you look at our generation versus our parents and grandparents generation I mean it, even just just a different philosophy on things I mean you know when when our grandparents had an issue with their car they fixed it they didn't just get rid of it and get a different one um, you know, there's a, there was a different philosophy on, it's not just a, you know, not everything you have isn't just to be thrown away in a place. It's, it's, that's what you got and you fix it and you take care of it. And I mean, you know, with, with, with this day and age, you know, the, the, I, I guess the, the difficulty is everything's, you know, right there at your fingertips. Like you said, with the dating apps, or if you are, wanting something new you can immediately go on amazon and buy it i mean everything just happens instant 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 and you know one one thing i want to try to instill in my boys is if you want something you work hard for it and you earn it and you don't just it doesn't just happen overnight you know they're they're six and eight and they're already wanting to save up for their cars when they turn 16 because we've already told them look if whatever you save up but to by the time you turn 16 we'll match so if you save up five thousand dollars you get a ten thousand dollar car so it's just trying to teach early in life that you're not just going to do the get rich quick schemes or, or hit the lottery or find that perfect mate initially. I mean, you know, there's, you might have to meet a bunch of people eventually before you finally find that person that, that you're willing to commit to for the rest of your life. It's not always the butterflies or whatever. It's not always this person meets every single quality necessarily, but as long as you're, as your basis is, you know, the same and you're, you're both, you know, driven toward Christian values and, and you are committed and then you're willing to, to work for it and to, to wait for that right person. 
Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So talking a little bit about your, um, uh, you talked a little about your, your boys there. So you, you have two, uh, very energetic and, uh, rambunctious young boys. Um, tell us a little bit about what life is like as a, a father of, of two boys like that and, and what you love most about being a father. They are uh, energetic is an understatement. They are wild, but it's, it's, it's fun. It's <laughs> not much in our house is, is in one piece anymore. They, they break a lot of things, but that's just part. That's just part of having little boys. Uh, yeah, they're six and eight, and and they are uh, just nonstop. And and you know, Becca and I both. We just we love we love hanging out with them. We love to uh, love to to travel with them and to explore and to just teach them new things. And you know, it's it's cool just watching them just be as brothers. You know, they they try to take care of each other at times, but then they try to beat each other up at times. So they've got some competitiveness, but you know, they know that no matter what their brother's going to be there for them. And so they, they try to defend each other and take care of each other. And it's just really cool to watch because I never had any brothers. So it's neat to see their brother bond, but I just, you know, I love to get out and hike or ride bikes or camp. I just really enjoy spending some time with them, you know, building fires and they love to build fires um just it's just a lot of fun i mean it's it's exhausting it's tiring and it's expensive and they break a lot of things but <laughs> but yeah you know yeah. Our, we've got we've got a lot of nieces and they're a lot more calm and they are you know very much more careful with things that are given to them and one of my one of the favorite things my youngest son likes to do is is smash things with a hammer so he gets his he gets his uh his hot wheels and he makes wrecks out of them so it's just <laughs> You know, it's just it, things happen and you, I'm sure I did a lot of this stuff growing up, but you, you kind of forget it as you get older. And it's just, it's funny to watch it as they're just, as they're coming into their own personalities and, and age. It sounds like you got a little uh, Gallagher going on there the little Gallagher, the comedian. We, yeah, we got all kinds of stuff, man. Yeah, just, just, just as long as he doesn't start hitting uh, produce with that hammer, I think, I think you'll be fine. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, they they can be calm and and sweet when they want to be, but it doesn't last that long. They'll 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 sit in your lap or sit beside you and watch a movie for a little bit, but after a while they start punching at you and they start like trying to <laughs> trying to tackle you. <laughs> so it's 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 fun, man. It's entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can uh um so what's what's your favorite thing to do with the boys? Uh just just to do some sort of adventure exploring like you know where's we've got a, a creek kind of behind our house and sometimes we'll walk out in the backyard and try to see what's down there um we haven't done it much lately but we like to do that kind of stuff and we'll go hike or we'll go walk greenways and wait in the wait, wait in the creeks or they love to ride bikes and i did a lot of cycling growing up and recently i haven't as much recently but i love to ride and we just like to get outdoors and be out and about um We'll do this. The school projects actually are a lot of fun. So my, my oldest son is very uh, technically minded like myself, and he likes to do all of the fun projects. Um, never picks the easy thing to build. We had to make a Chinese umbrella, you know, out of a dowel rods and tissue paper. So it's just just building stuff with them is a lot of fun. They like to build. They like to create things, but then they like to break them as soon as they're done with them. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That sounds like uh <laughs> Sounds like typical young boys too. Um, oh yeah. So the uh, the theme of this episode and and what I've talked about a little bit in the previous segments is uh, talked a little bit about adventure and the type of adventure that uh, that men need in their lives and and the type of adventures that we face. So um, tell us a little bit about uh, a few of the adventures that you've been through your life and how they've shaped you as a man. Uh, you know, when I think of adventure, I, I think mostly of, of travel. I mean, my family, uh, my, we traveled quite a bit when I was growing up. We saw a lot of the country. I never left the country, but we saw a lot of the United States. And it's just really neat to see, because um, I grew up in a small town, you know, Portland, Tennessee. It's, I knew everybody, and it was a tiny town with really not much to do, so I played a whole lot of golf. Uh, but we uh, we saw a lot of the, the West Coast. We saw... Um, you know, Florida and just, you, you got to see how, how different things can be when you don't even go that far. Like, you know, you, when you're in your own little bubble at, in Portland, Tennessee, you just think everybody's the same. And 
you realize real quickly that people are people are widely different um, throughout the country and different different thoughts on things different nationalities different languages sometimes i mean it's the the world is a cool place and it's uh it's neat to explore um the biggest adventure in my adult life has, has definitely been marriage um you know we we were building a house here in nashville thought we'd be in nashville forever uh when we were engaged in about a month maybe a month and a half before we got married i lost my job it was in the downturn of 2008 and being an engineer that did a lot of residential work, we, uh, the company decided to close their doors. And so I lost that job. We lost a house and in a matter of four or five weeks decided we were moving to Charleston, South Carolina. And so none of us, neither of us knew a soul there. We just picked up right uh, the week after we got married, we went to Charleston for our honeymoon, came back for a few days and moved down there. So it's been an adventure ever since we did. We moved down there. We, uh, stayed there for a few years and then right, the actually when the week I found out my wife was pregnant, she told me that on Monday on Tuesday, I had found out I was losing the job in Charleston oh, because geez. of the downstairs. So, so then we, uh, we decided, well, you don't do point, anything slow, do you? Kevin? No, not at all. And we decided at that point we were going to go ahead and move back to Nashville. And, you know, at that point we really had to rely on God because I had a, had a phone interview for a company here in Nashville I've got a pregnant wife, no job, and uh, I got a job offer in Charleston for quite a bit more than I was making at the time, and, and we had prayed about it, and we decided we were moving back, and so I turned it down, not even having a job here yet, so we packed up the U-Haul driving back thinking I might be uh, a barista at Starbucks, you know, when we got back, but thankfully the, you know, Lord came through, and I got that job, and, and the rest is history, so we, uh, it's it's been an adventure, man, I tell you, we've, uh, We've been through some some downturns and some some ups ups and downs for sure, but you seem more uh, like a you seem more like a frothy monkey guy to me. I don't, I don't know if I could <laughs> see you at Starbucks. You know, as as long as it's making coffee, I love coffee. So, I I, I would ma- I would make and drink coffee wherever I had to to pay the bills if necessary. So, yeah, uh, find 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 your passion, do what you love, right? Right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um. Talk to us a little bit about your uh, your spiritual walk, your your walk with God, and what uh, what what's that like, and how that shapes you as a man. Uh, I've been very blessed, honestly, when it comes to that. My uh, my parents were both, and still do, have been involved with the youth group at our home church. Um, it was kind of one of those every Wednesday night, every Sunday night, and every Sunday morning. I was I was at church um, did all the the youth trips and. And really, I really got a lot out of those those youth trips uh, growing up. Those were those were big. Just to be around a bunch of just hundreds of other people your age, just praising God and being in the Word, it was it's pretty awesome. Um, you know, it's it's. I would love to say um, I read my Bible as much as I did back then, but I you know I honestly can. I'm, I'm so busy, and that's not an excuse, but. You know, I need to need to be better at that. But it's you know, I still we still either go to church or watch it streaming every Sunday right now. Yeah, yeah, um, we're all doing everything virtually right now. That's the... exactly not. We're not going to church right now. Our church is is doing it streaming. Um, but you know, it's uh, it's 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 made me the man I am today for sure. Because like I said, on those many many times. Especially right after we got married, when when I lost my job and we lost a house, I mean, I could have been pretty upset and pretty down about that. But you know, I just chalked it up to God's got a plan. I don't know what it is, but I guess we're about to find out. And mm-hmm. you know, we we just packed up and and moved to Charleston. And honestly, we made some of our best friends and in, in life in Charleston. Neither, you know, I think I think that was great for our marriage. It was great for us because we just had to. It was an adventure. I mean, we moved to a whole new state, city, nine hours away, and didn't know a single person. And so we met some some really great friends, and are still great friends today. And and it was a uh, I think it made our marriage stronger because we pretty much had to rely on each other. But without, I tell you, without uh, without without God, it would uh, it would have been rough. I mean, I when when uh, I found out Becca was pregnant, and then I found out I was losing my job. That was another time without. Without knowing God had a plan and, and we were all going to be okay, I I, pro- I would have been pretty upset. I think. I mean, I've just always 
I guess I just take it as, as it says. And I've, I've fully trusted God, you know, just said, you know, whatever happens, happens for a reason. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's all going to be all right. It may be, we may have some tough times and, you know, I've got a, I've got a good friend that just, just got laid off in, in all this madness and he's got a couple of kids and a wife. And I'm sure, you know, if it wasn't for, for knowing that, that they're going to be okay, you know, just God's got some kind of plan for him. I think he'd be pretty upset right now. I mean, it's, it's tough life. You know, I can't imagine going through life just thinking, oh, well, it is what it is, you know, without knowing there's, there's a higher power that's, that's, it's all going to work out. You know, it may take a while. It may be hard. You may be, you may be mopping floors. You may be making coffee or you may be just praying for a job, but you know, it, it, at the end of the day, you're going to be taken care of. So, oh, amen, amen to that. Um, so, my by my observation, you you talked a little bit about your, um, um, I shouldn't say struggles, but the the ups and downs in your in your career. Um, by my observation, you've done a, a pretty, uh, you've done an excellent job at progressing in your career. So, uh, what what do you attribute that to? Uh, you know, I appreciate that. I think that the thing with me with, when it comes to work, it's, it's you know, what I'm going to try to teach my boys, especially it's, you, you've got to constantly be learning. I mean, uh, no matter what field you're in, it's, it's going to be changing daily. It's going to be, there's going to be advancements in technology. There's going to be different ways of doing things. And, you know, sometimes you'll hear some people that have been in around the business for a while and they'll be like, that's not how I do things. And, you know, a lot of those people don't necessarily go that high because they're not willing to to learn the new program or learn the new technology or learn the new methodology or whatever it is. And so the, I think the biggest thing that's helped me is if there's a new, you know, a new program out, I learn it and I learn it enough to where I can teach it. So I, I do a lot of, of lunch sessions teaching people how to do some of the stuff that I've picked up over the years. You know, I think the one of the biggest issues and one of the biggest like things that just drives me insane is when I hear somebody say, well, we've always done it this way. Well, you know, you can't, you can't live your life always doing it this way. You got to continue to learn and be better and strive to be better and, and have a commitment that, you know, if, if, uh, if this is what it takes to, to progress, then I'm going to learn how to do that. And, but on top of that, like I said, it's not just, it's not just learning for yourself for selfish reasons. It's, it's, learning and then teaching it to your team so that your whole team can be better and faster and more efficient and more productive. Um, you know, I think that's, that's, that's the biggest thing with me. And, and just on, on top of that is just hold on to your word. If you say you're going to have it done a certain day, I mean, if you, <laughs> there's been times that I didn't sleep for three days finishing a deadline. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I'd get yeah. up, I had a deadline on Friday and I started Wednesday and, I didn't have enough time and I just worked Wednesday night, Thursday night and it was done Friday. Then I went to sleep. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. if, if you commit to it, you do it. I mean, you know, there's going to be times that stuff happens and you can't, but I think those are the biggest two things is, is mainly just constantly be learning and winning and teaching. But, but also if, if you say you're going to do it, do it, you know, mm-hmm. make sure people, your clients and your coworkers know they can depend on you to, to do what you're going to say. I mean, that's, that's not any, that doesn't even necessarily have to be, in any fancy field. I mean, if you're, like I said, if you're a a barista at Starbucks and you say you're going to do this thing, then do it. You know, if you're, if you're, you know, a a janitor somewhere and you're going to do this, then do it. If it's, if it's your job, you do it. It's not always fun. There's a lot of stuff about my job. I don't love, but it's part of it and you just got to get it done. Yeah. I, I, uh, read a book many years ago, um, by, uh, Tom Stanley about um, millionaires. He called he called them deca millionaires, but they were um, uh, individuals who had a, a, a ten million dollar net worth or greater. And in today's dollars, that would probably be about, I would say, about twenty to twenty five million dollar net worth. And one of the uh, the huge factors that they attributed to their success was what you were talking about, and they they called it uh, or he called it a, a fanatical level of integrity, just delivering on what you say you're going to deliver on. Um, so uh, last question, uh, we've got about uh, four minutes. Um, there are a lot of young men in the world that are coming into adulthood and, and they're starting to become kind of disillusioned with uh, society and life in general. So 
if you were to have a young man come up to you and and come up to you and ask you for advice and just say, hey, you know, you've it looks like you've done really well for yourself. You know, what what kind of guidance? What kind of guidance would you give to that to that young man? That's uh, you know, say the the younger version of of you or me in in our early twenties when kind of when when you and I first met. What what kind of advice would you give to a, a young man like that in that situation? You know, I I had I would you would almost call it kind of a, a cushy life growing up. I mean, I didn't I had it pretty easy. Um, so I think the I didn't really face too many significant struggles. But I think the the biggest thing in my adult life, I think that's really, really kind of revved me back up was that, you know, I think, I think we did this either near the same time or together was read wild at heart with by John Eldridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just a phenomenal book. And it just kind of shows, you know, that so many men get, get sidetracked and, or, you know, once you, especially as you, right after you graduate and you're used to having a lot of free time to do a lot of the fun things you want to do. Well, then when you're working, you can't always, you know, do a lot of that same stuff that, that really fired you up as a younger person. And I think that, you know, just, just to really to, to be, to be focused on, you know, the, the godly way of, of, of masculinity, you know, find an outlet, whether it's adventure or some, you know, go camping on the weekends or, play golf with some buddies to give you some competition because men are naturally competitive and just to really to, um, to, and a good thing would be to, to find somebody that's a little older that, that you respect and, and try to see what makes them, why you respect them. You know, what, what do they do that makes you respect them? What find a, find a mentor in, in school in, in work or her home life or find someone that's older than you to, to really spend some time with if you, and, and pick their brain apart. I mean, most people would be, will, would, you know, be completely open to do that. If, if somebody came up and said, Hey, can, can we get coffee? I just want to chat for 30 minutes and, and, uh, you know, don't go out alone. I mean, you know, men and men naturally are, are loners. A lot of times find, uh, find a good buddy to, to study the Bible with, or to do these kind of wild at heart reading through, kind of thing i would highly recommend that book it's it's a phenomenal book but mainly just uh just you know do do what makes you tick you know find an outlet that really fires you up so that when you're working all the week you've got some stuff to look forward to and to really just to to keep you excited about things okay yeah yeah i i really do love that book wild heart in fact it was actually one of the uh inspirations for me to start this show so i appreciate you bringing that up and um uh, and also if you are in need of uh, some more guidance in in getting into community uh go back and listen to episode two of this podcast where i talked about uh, being in community and uh um and I talk with uh, actually my pastor at my church, Stephen Headley, a little bit about that. So, all right, we've got about uh, thirty seconds to wrap up. Kevin, is there anything you want to plug or anything uh, anything else you want to say? No, I, I really appreciate you having me on, and, and I think you touched on that. Just the big thing is don't don't isolate yourself. If you're having a rough time, man, get get out, meet meet somebody, or or uh, you know even call like you said, call your pastor, or find somebody. Just just don't don't isolate and, and struggle. All right. Well, he is Kevin Eeks. He is a good friend of mine. And like I said, he's got that manly tattoo of the uh, Tennessee state flag on his biceps. So you can't get more manly than that, folks. <laughs> born, born and raised in Tennessee. There you go. There you go. Um, we'll be right back after uh, after a quick break, and I'll have a quick homework session to, uh, to wrap everything up in a nice little bow. Uh, another uh, little extra segment with Kevin is going to show up behind the paywall on the Patreon site. So if you want to hear more from Kevin, just hop on over there, and we'll be we'll be talking just some light stuff about uh, about him. And um, we'll be right back. This is the M60 podcast. Welcome back to the M60 Podcast. This is the wrap-up and homework session. 
I just want to challenge you this week as you are staying at home more, as you are in quarantine at the moment, talk to God and see what type of, do an evaluation and see what type of adventure you are needing in your life and what type of adventure God wants you to embark on once you get out of this quarantine and once you are able, once things start to get back to a little bit of normalcy around the world. Do you need that casual adventure, that that hobby level stuff that where it provides maintenance of your heart and your soul, where you can get a little bit of joy, whether it's as Kevin and I talked about playing golf or going to uh, going to a local sporting event, whether it's hockey or, or baseball. I'm, I tell you, I'm really excited about the upcoming baseball season. Um, I'm just really, really excited for that to kick off and, and hopefully... My hockey won't be too messed up, and we'll have some type of form of the Stanley Cup playoffs because that's probably one of the greatest times of the year sports-wise for me. Are you needing more crucial adventure in your life? Do you need to embark on an adventure where you're taking a little more risk, maybe looking into changing jobs, changing career fields, following your passion with a little bit more fervor? Or are you needing that epic adventure? Are you needing the adventure where love is the core of the story, where love is the central motive, where it's diving into your relationship with your spouse or with your parents or with your your siblings or making a, a greater impact at your church or in your community. Really sit down and, and use this time with yourself to evaluate what type of adventure you're needing in your life and then once the the gates are opened and we're turned loose back into the world then we can we can pursue those adventures and become fully alive special thanks to my guest this week mr kevin eeks and if you need more resources uh, go to the links in the description we'll have links to all the reading materials that's referenced uh, during the podcast and also if you're needing more great information, I would encourage you to go back and listen to uh, the interviews specifically in my first three episodes. And we will talk to you next week. Stay safe, stay inside, and be good. This is the M60 Podcast. <laughs>